listening to the Week Ahead podcast from Strong Towns, hosted by me, Rachel Quedno. This is your chance to catch up on the latest events and goings-on behind the scenes of the Strong Towns organization. Tune in every Monday for more updates. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Week Ahead podcast. I'm your host, Rachel, and my guest today is everybody's favorite, Chuck Marone. <laughs> everybody's favorite? I'm not, I'm not sure about that, but uh, I'm, I'm not even the favorite in my own household, I don't think. But we'll see. Uh, speaking of your household, I heard a rumor that you guys are thinking about getting a puppy. This is true. Well, we've been thinking for a long time. Yeah. Koshka, our, our, our last Samoyed, uh, passed away in December. Mm-hmm. Um, we had actually had two elderly Samoyeds that we had since they were puppies and, um, they both passed away last year and the house is kind of lonely without a dog. Yeah. Um, since we moved into town, I, I don't know as we're ready to go like the puppy Samoyed route again. And yeah. we've kind of, you know, we, we got the last one from a shelter and that was a really good move for us. But, um, he came with a lot of hangups and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're pack animals. They're yeah. inside the house and they're just, it's, uh, it's, they're, they're, they're not easy dogs. Yeah. And where we're at in life, I think we would like one and, uh, you can't have just one if you have Samoids. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what we do. Um, in my family, there's a diversity of opinions. The youngest kid would want like any dog now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is far more um, like uh, cerebral a- about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, the, the rest of us are kind of like in the middle there somewhere. So we'll see. We, we've got one we've got our eye on and we might go meet him here this week. And if that works out, I'll let you know. For the last couple of weeks at Strong Towns, we've been talking about slowing the cars and why that's an important priority if our cities want to become financially productive and resilient. Um, so we've we've run a bunch of different articles on this topic. You've written a few. Um, last week, you wrote about just kind of an introductory article outlining the differences between streets and roads, and that's a really important foundational distinction. Um, especially as we go forward, continuing to talk about the topic of slowing the car. So I highly recommend that article for anyone who uh, cares about this issue, which should be all of us. And then today you wrote an article uh, about design speed and who gets to choose that and why that might not be uh, the right person in most cities. Yeah, last week, the, the idea of a difference between a street and a road is something that I didn't realize. I didn't even ponder until I went back to graduate school and got a planning degree. You know, as engineers, we don't distinguish. In fact, I've pointed out a few times, uh, you actually go to the, uh, the design manuals and, and you'll look up the definitions and you look up the definition of a street and it will say street, uh, road, see highway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you know, there's no, from a design standpoint, there's like literally no distinguishing between the two. They are all the same. A street is a road, is a highway. It's a conveyance mechanism for, um, for automobiles. 
um, the, the idea as an engineer comes with, you know, what do you do then outside of the roadway, the conveyance mechanism for automobiles? And that's where if you're in an urban environment, you might have curb and a sidewalk. And if you're in a rural environment, you'll have ditches and maybe a trail. But, you know, it, it, it doesn't change anything in the roadway itself. And when I went to planning school and, and started to understand land use patterns differently than I had as an engineer, which we don't, in engineering school, no one ever talks about land use patterns. You don't care about them. It's like not part of, not part mm-hmm. of what you do. Um, but it's an obsession for planners, right? I started to realize that, okay, if you are, planners talk about streets. Like if you're on a street, you're doing something fundamentally different than if you're on a road. Um, and so I, I started to just point out and discuss the distinction. And for the most part, like nobody had thought about this that it, professionally that I had talked to, like, what do you mean? There's no difference. And you'd start to talk about different places and, and people could acknowledge that they were very different, but they didn't have a different, they didn't use different names for them. And so I, I think naming them differently is, help, is a helpful way to actually understand the fundamental differences between the two. And that's also where we get this concept of the strode. Yeah, the strode being the hybrid between the two. The idea that you try to accomplish both things that you're you're trying to accomplish with a street and a, a road at the same time. You try to be both about moving vehicles quickly and also about complexity and, and creating a successful place. And then you and end up you, doing neither well. You end up doing neither, right. You 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 get to a situation where it doesn't work either way. You spend a ton of money, but don't move people very quickly. And uh, you create a place that is not very safe or productive to be in. And the tax value just drops and you lose. Um, the, the amazing thing is that as an engineer, uh, I predominantly built Strohs. I mean, that, that is what we, uh, w- when we invest in transportation today, we are largely building strode type environments Mm -hmm. and they're really expensive. They're really dangerous and financially they are clear losers. So are there, are there like strodes in the Brainerd area that we could drive by and you could say, I helped to build that. Oh yeah. (laughs) You should do a tour sometime, a little video tour. The the tour of of Chuck's uh, (laughs) regret. Yeah. (laughs) No, there's a lot of that here. Um, I mean, I, I only worked, you know, solely as an engineer for half a dozen years. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the some of the worst ones I, I was not involved in. <laughs> but um, I can tell you right now, I've been dealing with this uh, nightmare of Washington Street through the core of East West core of downtown Brainerd. Mm-hmm. It is also called Highway 210. So it is a state highway that runs from Fargo to Duluth, really. And uh, it, it runs right through the middle of Brainerd. And I was involved in, back in the 90s, in the, basically the project that redid that, um, including the striping. And I, I was looking at it this week because I, I, my role on the planning commission now, we have an application for a, a, a pharmacy on the mm-hmm. street on the strode, you know, they, and they, they want to build, they want to tear down a bunch of buildings and build a, a ton of parking. Yeah. And, you know, they're not counting any of the on-street parking as being actual parking, right? They want 44 stalls. 
they actually could get a dozen on the street really easily yeah. and then a- another 10 on the side street very easily so that they could eliminate their need to tear down any buildings at all. Um, they don't want that. And part of their reasoning, and it's very sound, is that this, the street's not safe to park on. And it's not because the lanes are like 16 feet wide and people drive through there at 45 mm-hmm. miles an hour. And you're not going to get out of your car two feet away from someone who is uh, driving at essentially lethal speeds. So yeah, we have, we have built and paid for all this parking room and nobody ever uses it because it's like inherently not safe. And I was part of that. Yeah. And you're going to be writing about that in the future, maybe, right? This Washington street issue, perhaps. I am going to write about Washington street. I'm also kind of getting, and I've, I'm going to have to like pace myself here a little bit because I'm, I'm getting deep into it with this, with my work on the planning commission, yeah. which is all of a sudden become really fascinating work. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm doing a, a bit out there and we'll see. I'm probably just going to wind up making my colleagues on the plan commission mad and uh, disappointing everybody else in the neighborhood. So, but we'll see. That's part of public service, I think. So if you guys are interested <laughs> in going deeper on this topic of slowing the cars and building safer, more productive streets, we have two really great opportunities. In February, we're doing two different webcasts. Um, one is going to be hosted by Chuck, and that's going to be February 1st at 12 p.m. Central. He's going to give a presentation called Gross Negligence, um, which talks about how engineers are involved in this problem of dangerous streets and also how they can uh, become not part of the problem and change this trajectory. The other webcast is February 15th, also at 12 p.m. Central, and that's going to be a conversation with Jeff Speck, who is a national expert on building walk-friendly, people-oriented places. Um, and so he'll he'll have a conversation with Chuck and... Um, there will be opportunities to ask questions during both of these webcasts. Um, if you're a Strong Towns member, you will have received invitations to sign up for both of those via email. And if not, we have information about how to sign up on our website, and I will link that in our show notes. So, yeah, it's going to be a busy February, and we have a lot more articles on this topic coming out, hitting it kind of from all angles. So I'm excited. Another event to highlight for everyone is that this week, uh, Chuck is heading to Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, He'll be giving a presentation this Thursday, uh, Curbside Chat, and that is public uh, at 7 p.m. So if you're in the area, you should come on down. It's hosted by our good friends uh, who have the group Strong Indie, which is inspired by Strong Towns. Yeah, Strong Indy's been doing amazing work, so it's really great to be able to go there and, and support them. I have not been on the road at all sharing Strong Towns' message since uh, like the second week of December. So it's been a long break for me. And after what happened yesterday to my football team, um, <laughs> probably good to, good to go somewhere. It's funny because I'm not like a huge football fan, and I actually resist watching football. I think I watched two or three games this whole year, but, um, God dang it. They got me at the end. They always do that. They trick you. They get you, they get you excited and then they like rip it, rip it away from you. But I'm not too hurt, but it'll be nice to get back on the road and, uh, and, uh, get back to sharing things. It's, it's, it's always helpful to me 
to have to uh, stand up in front of a group and, and talk strong towns for an hour. Uh, yeah. I, I, it's like it keeps you sharp and it keeps you focused. And then when people ask you tough questions, it, it keeps your mind um, churning. And I just, I love the ability to engage with people. So yeah, it's good to get back out on the road. It's nice to start in a, in a really a great city with a, a lot of important things going on. I think mm-hmm. they were not for me, but I, I think for others, they were one of the surprise finalists in the Amazon, you know, 20 cities still standing. I don't know, uh, Indianapolis's bid. And as you know, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this process. And I actually think you win by, by losing here in yeah. a way. Um, but, uh, when you look at the other names on the list, um, there's some, you know, inarguably some of the nicest cities in North America. Um, you know, you, you've got a lot of in the Northeast corridor, you've got Toronto, you've got Austin, you've got, uh, some really high quality places. And it's just nice to see Indianapolis lumped in there because I I do think it is a really great place that they also have this highway project they're struggling with. Um, there's a, a kind of a congested interchange on the edge of the, uh, the core and the DOT wants to come in and spend, uh, a, a huge sum of money. I don't know precisely out my head, but I know it's a, it's a mind numbing uh, sum uh, to basically add some more lanes, widen things out and make it, you know, make it from an engineering standpoint, flow better yeah. um, from a neighborhood standpoint, uh, make it, you know, even more of an obstacle and a burden. And uh, you know, if, if, there are other good options for actually reintroducing um you know, good street life into this corridor that mm-hmm. are kind of not on the table right now that this group, Strong Indie and others would like to get on the table. So hopefully we can help with that a little too. A lot of important conversations to be part of. Uh, yeah. I want to thank all the new members that joined us this week. There are too many for me to list out today on this podcast, but thank you to each and every one of you who has joined Strong Towns and uh, decided to support this mission. Chuck, uh, my final question is always, what are you reading or listening to? I probably have half an hour left. I've been listening to the audio book of Abraham, the book you recommended a couple weeks ago. Okay. And I love it. I mean, I've I've found this to be fascinating. Yeah, I, I... I really, really like it. Like, I, I think it's fantastic. I feel bad I haven't gotten to it before. Um, I, I also, I, I will admit, th- this is, I, I'm almost ashamed to admit this. I literally, if you would have asked me in August, what do you think of the Vikings? I would say, I don't think of the Vikings. Like, I Are we don't. About the football team or the. Yes. No, the football team. I don't care about the Vikings. Like, I don't care about football. I don't care about their stadium. I don't like, I, if anything, I'm kind of turned off by it all and I dislike it and I don't want anything to do with it. I'm not a football fan, mm-hmm. but here I am. I'm this Minnesota Homer, right? So the season goes on. 
you know, I'm va- I'm aware of what's going on. I, I sometimes when I'm working in the yard, I'll listen to the game on my headphones or something. But like, if the girls want to do something or if there's something going on in the family, like I don't like plan my weekend around a Vikings game, you know, like, Oh, I, I don't care. I'll shut it off and we'll go do something. Yeah. It's not like I'm, it's not like I'm obsessed with it in any way, but the season goes on and the team is like, shows some signs of life gets a little bit better. All of a sudden, you know, they're talking about like this team could legitimately go to the Super Bowl. Actually not legitimately could, should go to the Super Bowl. They're like the favorite team. Mm-hmm. And I start watching the games. I start reading stuff. I start listening. I'm just dipping my toe in. And then, you know, they do well. They do better. They had this miracle thing last week uh, that was just this crazy catch. I was out with my wife um, and daughter and we have, you know, we, we were watching it on the TV in a restaurant with a bunch of people Mm -hmm. and uh, it was just fun. You know, it was like that you get infected with that spirit. Like, Hey, yeah. This is our tribe. This is our team. Like we're all Minnesotans here. Yay. And uh, boy. So you said like, what have you, last week I listened to <laughs> football podcasts like oh, the whole okay. week. Yeah. Um, I listened to some other things too. Some of the stuff I normally listen to, but like my free time reading mm-hmm. um, was a lot of like dumb, like things I regret now. Like I wasted a week of my life. Now, granted, I have like close relatives who live and die the Vikings, and they have they have wasted years of their lives um, <laughs> on this team. I wasted I wasted a, a, a good solid week, and then on and off a few hours over the the preceding month. Um, I wasted, and I, I've, I'm ashamed of that. So I'm not going to lie to you. That's what I did last week. I am embarrassed. I'm ashamed. And my penance for that will be the next two weeks I'm going to have to deal with Philadelphia Eagles fans uh, here in my state of Minnesota, um, you know, playing in the Super Bowl. And that's my penance and I I will accept that. Now, hold on. Don't you listen to a lot of baseball podcasts and watch a ton of baseball? Do you consider that wasted time? The answer to the first part of the question, yes, I listen to a lot. I, I have a, a couple of baseball podcasts I listen to every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do listen to most of the games. Baseball is a way more passive activity than football. A football game I can't like have on. Baseball, I could just have like a baseball game on in the yard and be working. I mean, I can be writing with a baseball game on. I, I don't. Oh, okay. Baseball is a very passive activity. Mm-hmm. And um you know, there's times when it's not, but you know, football is not that way, but yeah, I mean, I am biased. I, I enjoy the sport of baseball a lot more. And, uh, the other thing about the, about baseball, and I'll just say this in 162 game season, there's futility. And I, I've lived through baseball futility here in Minnesota and it's ugly, but there's always like storylines in it. There's always like, you know, I, I think good stories, Um, and then there's, you know, moments of triumph, which are fantastic because it's like a marathon, not a sprint. Football is more of a sprint. It's more like a, to me, like a gladiator game. It's, it's a, it's got a very different vibe and a very different feel. And I find, um, uh, boy, I'm going to start sounding like <clears throat> I'm some kind of elitist and I'm not because like I, like I say, like all my best friends are huge mm-hmm. football fans. To me, it's, it's a far more like core base instinctual, like, 
type of, of, of activity. And uh, I just, I find that I don't get as much out of it. Um, I coach, a, I coach a, my daughter's softball team. <laughs> and it's funny because, I mean, they're little kids, um, but I, I love, like, I just love being around the sport. I, I love watching them get better hitting. I love watching them get better fielding. I love watching the teamwork. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm most proud of my team that they can go from first to third on a ball hit to the outfield. Like yeah. I teach them that. And they're the only team in the league that does it, take the extra base. And I just, I, I love like coaching them to do it and then encouraging them and mm-hmm. then watching them do it. Um, and you know, it, it is, a it's, I find it to be like a, 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 maybe a little bit more cerebral, beautiful kind of game. So yeah, I'm a hypocrite, but I, I don't find that to be wasted mm-hmm. time. <laughs> That's fair. We all have our, our interests and hobbies. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up for today, but uh, just reminding everyone again to check out all the upcoming webcasts and other events uh, that are in the next few weeks. We got a busy calendar. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.